just for a few moments, I want to speak on when, how to win while you wait. How to win while you wait. And I'm a firm believer that no matter what season you are in, you can win. Life is seasons. And just like uh, we have four seasons, we have winter, we have spring, we have summer, we have fall. So isn't life like that. We all go through seasons, don't we? We go through seasons of barrenness where nothing is working. <laughs> Everything's falling apart. And then we go through seasons of prosperity and we're blessed. And I, I'm a firm believer that we're even blessed in the winter times of our life. And I hear, hey, amen. Life is kind of like that. We're, we're, we're kind of like in those seasons of life. And sometimes it's easier to give up in a certain season than it is to go on in another season. We're all in the seasons of our life. I'm in a different season than Sister Kathy is in. I'm in a different season than Sean is in or Alon is in or David's in. But we're all in different seasons. And we all have to understand something that each season of our life is really temporary. It is subject to change. It is always, it's, it's subject to change and it will change. Whatever season you are in, it is subject to change. And I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, it will change. Somebody say, praise the Lord. And you're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or headed towards a storm. We're all in a different season. Somebody said it like this, life is like a merry-go-round. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down, and sometimes you go round and round. And we all can testify that we've all been round and round on the merry-go of life. Can I hear an amen? But I want to admonish you, and I think Lana told me a story where the Lord spoke to her and said that, uh, everyone has a due season. That is a season. Due is a season. And, and what, what does that mean? The Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord, the Lord would renew their strength. The Bible says, be not mocked, for God is not deceived. For whatever a man soweth, that he shall also reap in due season. Well, how many is ready for a due season in your life where the things that God has prophesied and said would come to pass? How many knows it's due already? Somebody say, praise the Lord. And so all of us is in a season, and that season is always subject to change. It's, it's going to change. It's always going to change, and we're always in that season. And really, you've got to learn how to walk through that season. You've got to learn how to keep the proper perspective in that season. And I would even go further to say this. You are called to win in every season. You're not called just to barely make it in every season. You're called to win in every season of your life. As a matter of fact, you're called to win as you wait. And there are some seasons in your life is just plain waiting. You're just waiting. And, and I think I'm in that season. How many would agree that maybe you're in that season? You're just waiting, and you're waiting for the promises that God has said to you to come to pass. And we all have that season of waiting, don't we? And the Bible is full of scriptures where people had to wait upon the Lord. But what does it mean to wait on the Lord? I mean, I've heard all types of sermons. I've read all types of scriptures about how you need to wait upon the Lord because when you wait upon the Lord, then God's going to come through. But have you ever thought about it? What does it mean to wait on the Lord? Well, you know, the word wait in the Hebrew means to be steadfast. It means to be unmovable. It means to be firm and it means to be established. That's what it means to be wait on the Lord. It means to be firm. It means to be established and it means to be unmovable. So when you're in a season where you're waiting on God, 
You know what actually the Bible is admonishing you to do? It means that you should remain strong. You should be unmovable. You should not waver back and forth, but you should be firm and established on the Word of God. Somebody say, praise the Lord. You know, the Bible admonishes us tonight that we should never be carried away by every wind of doctrine, Ephesians 4.12. You see, one of the characteristics of a baby Christian is that of being able to move or that uh, a characteristic of a baby Christian, according to Ephesians chapter 4, is a person that is always swayed by the things that they hear. Always moved by the things that they hear. You see, a firm believer, a person who is mature in the Lord, is a person who is strong, a person who is established, a person is unmovable. It's the word, the word that we get for wait in the Hebrew. And ladies and gentlemen, they that wait upon the Lord, their strength will be renewed. In other words, they that are established in the Lord, they that are firm in the Lord, they that are unmovable in the Lord. The Bible says they will mount up like eagles with wings and they will, they will not grow weary, but they will actually get stronger. You know what? How do you get stronger by waiting on the Lord? You get stronger by waiting on the Lord because waiting is a form of faith. Waiting is saying, I believe in you. I trust you no matter what the facts I see, I know the truth of the Word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, we do have fact. And a few years ago, the church uh, age or the Pentecostals went through this phase where we rebuked each other if we said we were sick. Now, don't say you're sick because you're not sick. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if I'm throwing up, I'm sick. Can I hear an Amen. And people come along and they'll tell you, now you're not sick, don't confess that. Well, the last time I checked, if I'm throwing up, can I, you know, and they say, well, don't say that over your checkbook. Well, how many knows if it says zero, it, it really does say zero. Can I hear the amen? <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, even though it could say zero, and even though I'm sick, that is fact. That is fact. That, that's science right there. You can touch it, see it, feel it, smell it. It's right in front of you. But faith is saying this. I know what I see. I know what I've experienced. I, I, I even know what I feel in my body. But I decide that I am going to trust in an ancient book called the B-I-B-L-E. And as a matter of fact, I trust this over how I feel. Can somebody say amen? So waiting on the Lord is actually being, being faithful, walking in faith that you're unmovable, unshakable, you're firm and you establish. That is how you can win as you wait. Amen. Now, the Scripture says in Psalm 130, I want you to see this Sometimes we read the Bible, but sometimes you've got to read the Bible, right? Psalm 130, look at this. Psalm 130, verse 1. Psalm 130, verse 1. Out of the depths I've cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. If you, Lord, should mark my iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there's forgiveness with you that you may be feared. I wait 
for the Lord. Somebody just shout that out. I'll wait for the Lord. In other words, I'm, I'm, I'm firm in the Lord. I'm established in the Lord. I'm unmovable in the Lord. My soul waits. In His Word, I do put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord. Somebody say amen. More than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. David said it like this. David said, I'm, I'm going to wait on the Lord. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be firm in the Lord. I'm going to be established in the Lord. I'm going to be unmovable in the Lord. And then he makes that little statement, more than those who wait for the morning. More than those who wait for the morning. What in the world is David talking about? Well, D David is actually, he is actually, and, and this is a song of ascent, and, uh, and this, these were songs that the, the Hebrew people would sing as they were making their way up to the city of God. And they're sing this is actually a song that they would sing. They're saying, my soul's going to wait on the Lord, but more than those who wait for the morning. And I thought about that. What is David trying to say here? Well, context is everything. If you take a text out of context, you can make it a pretext for anything you want. So everybody shout, context is everything. So in the context here, David is speaking about a watchman. Somebody say a watchman. And do you know what a watchman was in Bible days? A watchman was an individual or a group of people uh, that would stand on the wall of the city. Now, back in Bible days, they didn't have police officers. How did they protect their city? They protect their city by what? Walls. So an ancient city would have walls around it because it would protect them from the adversary. It would protect them from the enemy. Do you remember the story of Jericho? How it was shut up because of the walls? And the children of Israel would march around the walls? The walls were a symbol of protection for the city. Well, guess what a watchman would do? A watchman would be on the wall, at the top of the wall, and the watchman would stay on the watch, the watchman would be on the wall, and he would look out for the city. He would look out to see if there's any enemies coming. And if he spotted an enemy coming, he would notify uh, uh, those who were in charge. You see, a watchman was very important because a watchman had to wait on the wall. And sometimes he had to wait all night and nobody would show up. Everybody was peaceful. There was no enemy there. Sometimes he had to wait all night. And what did he have to wait for? He would have to wait for the morning. Because watchmans, now get this, a watchman usually would watch until the morning time. So his responsibility would be to watch at night time. As everybody else is sleeping in the city, the watchman would be on the wall to watch over the city to make sure the adversary or the enemy wasn't trying to secretly plunder the city. So he would have to wait till the morning. Every day he would go at night and watch the city and wait for the sun to rise. And when the sun would come up, that would relieve his duty so he can go home. And David said, I'm like a watchman. I'm going to stay on the wall of my life and I'm going to watch, and I'm going to wait 
Just like the watchman would wait on the sun to arise in the morning, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the same thing in my life. I'm going to wait on the Lord just like the watchman would wait on the enemy. Sometimes we like to give up because the night is long. Sometimes the night is way too long and we don't want to wait. But the watchman's responsibility was to stay on the wall until the morning. And David said, my soul is going to wait for you. Yes, just like those watchmen would wait for the morning, I'm going to be the same way. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to wait for you until I see morning come in my life. Sometimes the night's long and we want to give up during the night, don't we? But the same person who wrote this is the same person said, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You see, the word of the Lord to you tonight is sometimes you got to wait during the nighttime because the morning is promised to those who wait. Why is waiting important? I want to I make sure you don't forget this. Waiting is important because what God does in you while you wait is just as important in what you are waiting for. Well, that was a, that 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 right there was a sermon. Can I say it again? What God does in you while you wait is just as important in what you are waiting for. You know what waiting is? That is the process of you becoming what God has destined for you to become. It's sanctification. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. You see, the end result. The end result of you coming to church and you come to Bible study on Wednesday night and you getting in a, a connect group or, or you getting connected to a mentor or whatever you may do, the end result, now listen to me church, the end result is you becoming more like Jesus. By you going to church, is that shaping you and molding you and making you to be more like Jesus? Somebody say amen. I don't give just to give. I give because it's a spiritual discipline because in me giving, it is making me more like Jesus. I'm coming to Bible study on Wednesday night not because I can have a bunch of head knowledge, but because I can come and learn and take what I learn so I can apply it to my life so I can be more like Jesus in the world. You are called to be salt and light in the world. If what you're doing is not helping you to become more like Jesus, then you've got to look at it. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to go further and say it like this. All the hell that we go through, all the misunderstandings we go through, all the unfortunate situations we go through, God even uses that to mold us and make us to be more like Jesus but sometimes we lose sight of what God is trying to do because we don't see God working. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes God works in unfortunate situations. Who would ever think that the God of the world would come to be born of a virgin and He would be born in a stable? Sometimes 
you got to kneel down a little bit and wipe the hay off of his face and realize that Jesus can be born in the mess and the stable of your life. God was there. In the midst of all the urine and the manure of the stable, God was there. Because God uses our life while we're waiting on Him. God is saying, what I'm doing in you is just as important as what you're waiting for. The journey is just as important as the destination itself. Somebody say amen. You know why we have to wait? Because it proves to each of us that we're not God and He is in control and His timing is always best. Oh, we don't like to hear that, but it's the truth. We don't like to wait, do we? We don't like to wait in traffic. Can I hear an amen? Somebody say, I don't like to wait in traffic. I don't like to wait in the grocery store. I don't like to wait in the doctor's office. I don't like to wait for my spouse. I don't like to wait. Somebody say, I don't like to wait. I'm impatient. But it's in those waiting times that God prunes us and makes us into the person that God has destined for each of us to be. Isaiah 40 verse 30. The prophet said, But those who wait on the Lord, their strength will be renewed. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. Those who are firm, those who are established, those who are immovable in the Lord, your strength will be renewed. You will mount up on wings. In other words, your situation won't be over you, but you will be over the situation. You will mount up with wings like eagles. You, will, you shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and you will not faint. And I'm going to close with this thought. Did you notice what the prophet said? He said, they shall walk and not faint. Sometimes when we're waiting on the Lord, we like to get lazy and not work. But the scripture is firm here that there is movement while you wait on the Lord. Now that, was a, that, was, that right there was a sermon all by itself. I'm going to say it again. As you wait on the Lord, that is not an excuse for you to sit down and do nothing because you're waiting on the Lord. It is a reason for you to get up and walk and have some movement in your life. You ever met somebody? Well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. I, I don't think I could attend that church. I'm just waiting for the Lord to speak to. I'm just waiting on the Lord. Nowhere in Scripture does it teach you to be lazy and not serve just because you didn't hear the voice of the Lord. And God has been speaking to some of us, but we think it's somebody else. How, come on, somebody. God's been speaking a long time. So they that wait on the Lord, He says, you've got to move as you wait. You've got to move when you wait. My first church I took in Kentucky. There was 10 people and the building was falling apart. Is that right, Sean? Tape hanging down from the ceiling. 
no money. I mean, it was, it was an experience. But I learned something. I didn't have all the money to change things. didn't have all the people to do it either. But I learned to win as I went. So I just went to school because I knew that was winning, learning and growing. And as I grew, they grew. And then the church grew, and then we could change the things I thought needed to change. You see, let's just not sit around and do nothing. And you see, you may say, well, pastor, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if this 21 days will work. We've tried it before. See, ladies and gentlemen, let's just not sit around and do nothing. Let's just not sit around and just wait for revival. Let's get up and do something. Boy, somebody should have stood to your feet and said, that's right, preacher. I said, we just don't need to sit around and do nothing. Let's get up and try to do something for the cause of Christ. You understand what I'm saying? And we can, we can make excuses why that don't work and that don't work. Well, at least we can have the testimony that we're trying. Let, let's just try. If it doesn't work, guess what? If that don't work, we'll try something else. If that don't work, we'll try something else. If that don't work, we'll just keep trying something else. But we're not just going to sit around and play with our thumbs and wait for God to move. God's already been moving. We're going to jump in the glory cloud and let, come on somebody, let's walk as we wait. Somebody say, i got to walk as I wait. Amen. And the word of the Lord to you tonight is, don't sit around waiting for something to happen. Get up and do something until God speaks until the direction changes, let's do something for the cause of Christ. Did you enjoy the word of the Lord tonight?